This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. Greg Hoffman, Logan Paulson. All right, let's talk defense and let's talk teams. How about special teams making plays uh, for a second straight week? Uh, as you watch this defense, how much of this was their own good play, uh, their own above average play, however you want to characterize it? And how much of this is Green Bay seems broken offensively right now? Yeah, I think, you know, the defense deserves credit. I think they did a good job. And you got to make the plays you got to make. But when you go back and watch the L-22, like Aaron Rodgers missed some stuff. Missed some stuff that could have hurt this defense pretty dramatically. And, um, you know, like, again, they did a good job of forcing him into some of those misses. I felt like Aaron Rodgers was just mad frustrated with the situation with Matt LaFleur, with uh, the young receivers, he had a couple drops, and I and I, everyone's like, oh, everyone's quick to point that out. But I do think the defense did a good job when the receiver did have possession of the football of stressing the catch point. You know, there was the Romeo Dobbs fourth and one where um, Cole Holcomb comes over and kind of knocks the arms and the ball pops out. Kendall Fuller, again, same thing on Dubs where the ball pops out. That those those are good defensive plays. I think Jamin and Cole have been just playing super consistently. Defensive line I thought was negated by the time to throw of Green Bay. Um, and I really thought Green Bay should have tried to run the football a little bit more. Should have been okay punting because I think that's the strength of their team. Um, obviously, the secondary, I thought Benjamin St. Juice showed up in some nice ways uh, from a coverage standpoint. He just, you know, it, it's weird kind of juxtaposing him to uh, – William Jackson the third because he's yeah. just been so much more consistent. He's like he just understands how to like use his hands and get in like a nice spot where he can like make uh you know make the throwing windows really small. So kudos to him. Kendall Fuller had a nice game. But again, I felt like it was more Green Bay struggling to find who they are and dealing with some of that stuff than it was um than it was Washington. And that's not saying they played badly. It's just I felt like they didn't get the best version of Green Bay. Yeah, it was like to watch a quarterback just not have any confidence in anything in real anything. time yeah. is pretty wild. And, you know, I also think when they pointed out some of the stuff that Rodgers missed on the broadcast, right? And it's like, oh, well, if he could have thrown deep. And Tony Dungy actually did it on – it wasn't even on the broadcast, on Fox during the game. Like Tony Dungy mm -hmm. did some of this on the Sunday Night Football pregame. And he's like, well, on the fourth 
the fourth and whatever play. Uh, Sammy where, Watkins. Yeah, Sammy Watkins is running deep. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe that's probably a quick call to Dobbs and you know so that play is interesting it's uh it's traditionally a red zone like a like a end zone call and so mm -hmm. the way that Kyle used to coach reading that is you read flat to sit to go right and so if the corner jumps to go like Kendall did that ball's got to be and it wasn't like Kendall was waiting to jump it's like he jumped it right now mm -hmm. and so like that should be in his vision according to how other offenses I've been in have read that concept. Right. They might Where be Matt different. was, Matt comes out of that tree. So, right. So I'm assuming it's something similar. And do you think I, it should have been a ball to Watkins? I do. Yeah. I think okay. I, when I watched it, I was like, and again, you understand why he's throwing the ball there because it's fourth and one, get the ball out. Like you said, quick hitter. But the, the, the read is like you're reading through that stack, right? So you're looking at the pivot who's kind of picking for the flat. The guy picks. And then if the corner comes into my vision at all, I don't even need to really reset my feet. I can just throw the go. And it wasn't like there was any help over top and Carson and uh, Carson um, Rogers probably knew that. And so I think, yeah, that is, that's a miss by him. Mm. In my opinion, it, there was another one uh, earlier The The, I think it was the third down where uh, Dobbs dropped it and Cole is right there. It's kind of a low throw and there's something that comes open, like a corner over the top late. Um, and it's one of those two where I think it's just a good reminder that all quarterbacks miss this kind of stuff mm. where, it's like, okay, it's third and six, and I have a seven-yard sit route that's open now. Right. I can throw it now, or I can wait and potentially get a bigger play down the field. But he took what was available now, and the receiver uh, didn't execute. So that, that one wasn't as egregious to me because mm -hmm. I felt like the window was a little bit better, and I felt like, I, quite frankly, I felt like he could have given him a better ball. Like I know yeah. that sounds crazy because we never talk about that with Aaron Rodgers, but I felt like Aaron was so – he was so unsettled. So many throws were like really – like trying to pimp oh i have to get it down and away away from a defender it's like just make it an easy catch for your guy and i also it, wonder how much of that is the thumb as well make it easy yeah that's a great point i totally forgot about that uh yeah make an easy catch but also like when your feet are under your shoulders and your shoulders are square to the receiver like that's not good we talked about mechanics with heineke and traditionally rogers has been able to overcome that stuff but it's tough to be consistent throwing the football when your mechanics your footwork's a little bit off and i felt like he was feeling uh, feeling the rush quite a bit, but the rush wasn't, he was feeling it too quick. I understand the rush was going to get there and, and it was and obviously the defensive line for Washington is very prolific in terms of the pressure they can create. And especially in that two minute situation, I thought the D line did an outstanding job, but there was times where it's like, there's no rush and he's throwing this weird ball, making the catch tough on the receiver, not reading the concept out. And that was something that really stood out to me. And I, again, like that's, the defense deserves credit. You know, I think we mentioned Benjamin St. Juice. Obviously, you got to make plays in those situations, even if the quarterback's making the wrong reads. You made it tough to run the football. I think that's also important. But, yeah, man, I just think Rodgers wasn't quite himself. Like, the guy, the only guy that was, like, an effective weapon was, in terms of pass game, was Alan Lazard and then Aaron Jones. Hurt. Yeah. yeah, and he hurt his shoulder, right? Exactly. So, um, I, I think that, you talk about a group that's uh, really unsettled and got a lot going on. Like Green Bay, to me, seems like a very toxic environment at the moment. And, uh, you know, good good on Washington for taking advantage of that and getting the W. And uh, and because you got to win these games. These are the games you got to win. Is When the offense is struggling, keep them struggling. I thought they did a good job of that. Uh, last thing on the defense before we hit special teams real quick on the way out. How do you feel like the linebackers are progressing? Because yeah. I think uh, facing Rodgers as a mental test is a really great test of that. And we told the story last week about – 
Cole and in his rookie year. And I remember talking to him before and after the game. And he's like, yeah, I've never played a guy like Rogers, like everything <laughs> we were going to do that kind of stuff. So knowing that kind of mental matchup, even if it wasn't maybe the full Rogers effect, because he doesn't trust his teammates right now. Um, but how, how do you feel like Cole is doing in that, that Mike role of getting everybody where they need to be? And, and obviously he seems to be where he needs to be. He's quickly climbing the NFL tackles chart after a little bit of a slow start. He's currently mm -hmm. fifth in the league in tackles. Um, and then Jamin coming along as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've talked about this before, but I think the addition of Cam Curl has been really helpful. I think mm -hmm. Cam Curl and Bobby McCain and the communication that they bring as a duo have helped Cole a little bit. And I think it, that having that support system there is a big deal because it allows Cole to then kind of communicate in a more confident manner. And I think, um, you know, Kai mentioned this on his podcast, which I think is interesting that, you know, now Jamin's starting to communicate things he sees. And I think mm -hmm. that whole group is getting much more confident and they're playing much better. And, you know, it's weird when you go to PFF last year, these guys were all grading in like the reds and the yellows. And now it's the, the blue, the greens and the blues, which is much better grading system for them. And obviously like PFF, the grading system is somewhat flawed at times, but I do think that shows up. I think that you see that with Jamin making the tackle for loss on Aaron Jones on the flat route. He's in position, he's in relationship and he doesn't miss the tackle. Right. And then, you know, there's a couple of things on inside outside zone where he makes a play cutting underneath the tackle, cutting underneath the block and tackling the back for a loss in the backfield. And then Cole is always kind of Mr. Consistent around the football play in that Mike spot. So, yeah, that, that group deserves a ton of credit. I think, um, you know, again, Kyle brought this up on his podcast, so credit to him. Um, I think the one thing you worry about with that group still is that there's not a whole lot of depth at the moment, right? You got two guys who are playing good football that you can win games with, and then it's – a little bit dicey about who's going to play if something were to happen to one of those guys. But they're playing well. The back end, I think, is doing a much better job. Uh, Wild Goose, I think, deserves some credit, too, to come in. Yeah. And be doing a good job at the nickel. And then, obviously, the defensive line, just, I mean, they're a bunch of studs. And I think the crazy thing is, obviously, the big names are playing well. But the FA Obatas, the James Smith-Williams, the Casey Tuhills, those guys are also doing a great job. And you know, in the last drive there, you get Montez Sweat and Casey Tuhill meeting at the quarterback two two or three plays in a row. And who would have thought when the season started that you would have that kind of pass rush in those situations, especially from the left end spot with Chase being out. So right. the other thing I want to bring up is that last drive where they scored, the penalties. Yes. The penalties mm -hmm. were a big, very frustrating thing for me as a fan um, and, you know, an analyst of football because that – could have could have quite frankly been the difference between winning and losing that game and yes. they were a little bit undisciplined in terms of the type of penalty so i think that's again you see they're on the verge of being great i think the defense very very good but then that kind of stuff pops up and you're like oh man if they do that against a better football team they do that against i don't know philadelphia for example or or dallas that's a game that you lose and you see against dallas that is a, that's how they lost that game it was kind of silly penalties that led to first downs. They were 0-6 on first down, uh, Green Bay was, outs, and then, but they got two conversions off of penalties, right? 0-6 oh, so on third down, you mean? Yeah, 0-6 on third down, excuse me. And then the penalty thing, and the mm -hmm. last drive, like you basically hand them that touchdown at the end of the game. Right. So that's something I think that you kind of keep, keep need to keep grinding with and improving on because that's those are the differentiating fa factors between being an okay defense and a good defense. Something that we're going to have to talk about soon, not today, is how this all changes when Chase gets back. Uh, mm -hmm. The practice clock is 
supposed to start on him on Wednesday. That is the plan from what Ron Rivera told JP Finley on Monday in their one-on-one interview uh, in barring some last minute setback. Uh, as folks are listening to this on Wednesday, uh, the practice that is about to start or already happened, depending on what time of day you're listening, uh, Chase Young was is scheduled to be out there. So can they keep that discipline? What does it look like to try to make sure you both maximize Chase but don't hurt kind of what has been working? Uh, we don't expect him to play this weekend, so we can table that conversation for another day, but certainly that is a conversation that is coming as the former number two overall pick gets his way or makes his way back from that ACL injury. Uh, last thing we want to talk about for today, though, is special teams. Oh, yeah, a couple yeah. of monster plays. Uh, and Tressway strikes again. Uh, old left-footed punter making things difficult. Uh, you have a ball down inside the one. Um, just another, like, really fantastic day for them on teams, which is an area that they have struggled at times earlier this year. And by the way, the return game uh, with Gibson back there also, I would say, is a net plus. Yeah, I think so. And I think the other thing that stuck out to me was the lack of penalties. Like when you juxtapose it with Green Bay, who's they're they're getting false starts on punt, they're getting holding on punts, they're doing all this different stuff. I, I think there was one penalty they had to re-kick one one punt Washington did. But outside of that kind of stuff, I think you know that that clean the clean sheet, obviously the fumble was big, getting the recovery by Percy Butler. And, the, you know, I think the one that's down inside the one, the ball that's down inside the one, again, Percy Butler making an outstanding effort because that is a penalty if Christian Holmes does touch that ball first. So, like, his effort to kind of keep that ball out, touch the football, and then they get, you know, it allows Christian Holmes to kind of execute that play. Just excellent job by that unit. And, again, like, dropping a punt is a little bit outside of your control, um, but it's nice when the, the other team does that and you can capitalize on it, and they've been able to do that. I think that speaks to – excellent gunner play because they're down there to recover the football right like how many times have you seen a guy drop the ball and then kind of muff around with it for a second pick it up and run because mm-hmm. the gunners the coverage unit's not down there so these guys are playing at a high level in that regard um i already mentioned percy butler nice to see him back out there this is one of the things they thought he would bring and he's been nice in this role you know and so good to see him back out there healthy and then you mentioned the return game and i think you just see it uh, a nice uh, like we've talked about this before but a really good way to get Gibson touches on a consistent mm-hmm. basis. And um, I think he did a good job with it. I mean, he got a 32-yard return, and then he averaged 26 yards uh, on the day. So nice uh, nice feature there, and hopefully he can get some big ones coming here in the future. Yeah, it's pretty simple on the, the kick return game. Are, is your starting field position better than the 25? And if right. it is, then he's doing a great job. And if he's not, then he needs, he needs to let the ball go through the end zone more often. And Gibson is consistently kind of catching them right on that line where it's like, I would honestly expect teams to try to kick through the end zone more often. Like, I think you will mm. see not a ton of returns for Gibson. Hopefully you're not seeing a ton because that means you've given up scores. But in general, like, I think the percentage is going to start to drop where teams go. Yeah, we don't want to kick to that guy because it's a potential touchdown. Uh, he's he's capable in a way that Milne really was not. And you're also losing field position. So I'm that, right. that's a trend to, to follow. Um, and Milne's doing a good job. I think you've done a good job of kind of defending Dax Milne's honor on punt return. And you're right. Um, you know, he's he catches the ball consistently, which we see on the other side of the field, uh, what kind of problems that can cause. And he's gotten he gotten some positive yardage. But at the end of the day, he's and, not losing the yardage. And that hidden yardage becomes super important. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier. We didn't use the phrase hidden yardage. But some of these sacks that Taylor is avoiding, you know, the stuff yeah. on the punt returns, like all these little things add up over the course of time and can be the difference in, you know, having to go 60 yards for a touchdown or 80, which can be the difference between seven and three or 
three and a punt. So that that stuff does win you football games. And to your point, like even Dax, like, you know, again, he's not the most explosive player in the whole world, but he caught a punt sprinting forward into kind of a crowd and catches that ball there. And if that ball hits there, A, you could hit one of your own players. And B, if it get, takes an unfortunate bounce, that ball rolls for 10, rolls for 15. So even though it, that, that doesn't show up as a return, to me, he saved the, the team 10 to 20, 10 to 15 yards of field position and maybe a turnover if it hits one of your own guys. And again, that's just being good decision. That's being sure-handed. And I totally agree with you that the the thing to move, you know, obviously Dax has been solid in that regard and that's good, but, you know, finding a way to cultivate a big play on special teams with Gibson back there, I think is a huge plus, right? So you maybe are kind of playing it safe with Dax, but also you are kind of giving yourself a little bit of an edge with Gibson back returning kicks. So, and the other thing I want to just bring up real quick, cause you mentioned Heineke in the hidden yards, like obviously like we're, we're, we were talking about how well Heineke did, right. How, how, how well he played and the things he did in terms of elevating this offense. I also want to point that point out that the first like seven snaps of this game, the ball was in harm's way too much. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think if they're going to win football games moving forward, that is definitely 1000% something that is going to need to be taken care of. And we talked about how the ball, you know, off the fumble was they were able to salvage that or whatever, but they really, really need to make sure that he settles in quickly because like looking back on it, there's probably four or five, you know, interception worthy type plays that weren't called. And even though I think the interception that he did throw was probably like less egregious, those other throws that were not interceptions make up for that, if, if that makes sense. So it's important that yeah. like while, while we're defending Taylor, there's also some stuff there early on, especially that we weren't very happy with. Right. And that gets to some of the stuff I was talking about too, with mechanics and, yeah, and yeah. that kind of stuff. It really uh, can, can put ball, the ball in harm's way far more often than it should be. All right. Uh, next podcast from us will be the preview for the Colts game on Friday. Uh, if you want more, check out the radio show for sure. Zaire Franklin, uh, Colts, Soon to be Pro Bowl, uh, maybe even all pro the way he's playing this year. Um, linebacker is going to be on the show with us uh, on Wednesday. So make sure that you check out the Hoffman Show 3 to 6 daily on the team 980. We are Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We will have our Colts preview Friday morning wherever you are listening right now. If you want more from us, make sure that you are following along with Logan on Instagram at Logan underscore Paulson 82. Uh, and I am on Twitter at Craig Hoffman and at Hoffman Show. Uh, I'm on Instagram too, but right now you're just going to get a lot of, we got our wedding photos in. So you're going to get a lot of wedding content. That's you want that. Find me. If, if not, just stick to Twitter. That's what there, there were some good pictures though. You showed me some, there's some great, day. there's oh, our photographers great, were incredible. Great photos. Uh, so yeah, if you want that, uh, at Craig underscore Hoffman on Instagram, go ahead, give it a follow, help my content engagement. All right. Uh, make sure most importantly, subscribe to this here podcast, take command from Odyssey sports, and we'll see you Friday for the next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, 